0: All right, everybody. Um, I hope everybody can hear me through this. Uh, Again, I am doing this through my phone. Um, I do want to apologize for the last episode I did. Um, Definitely was not my best, and I hope that this one's going to be better than my last one. Um... Today I'm going to talk about pride and callings and stuff like that because I think it's a very big part of Christian society today. And the reason why I say that is because I see a lot of people in Christians in general that will not like really... In a sense that they're full of themselves, you know, they, they're not humble. Some of them are more prideful or they're proud, you know, in so many ways to be Christian and everything like that. And it's a good thing to be happy and proud to be what you are and be a Christian. But to be a Christian is also to humble yourself before God. key example of this is what a lot of people um refer to as a calling and there's many people that are called. It actually says in Matthew twenty two verse fourteen, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now what does that actually mean? You know that's a, a thing that not a lot of people will understand. Um you know, it's kind of like the marine slogan. The few, the proud, the marines. Well, if, in Matthew, they were saying, many are called, but few are chosen. So, how do you know God is calling you first and foremost? You know, um, the reason why God calls certain people is Because he needs his will to be fulfilled and things to be done, um, in the verse where um, he said that many are called but few are chosen, it it's in the parable of a wedding feast in chapter twenty-two, and and it states in verse eleven. But when the king came to look at the guests, he saw there a man had no wedding garment, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen." The reason why that one verse sticks out so much, even though that we're probably taking it out of context, but that part where a person is shown himself without a wedding garment, which was an act of disrespect to to that person, that king, and he wanted to throw him into the darkness, for many are called, but few are chosen. In this verse, the way I read, the way I see it, and the way it's revealed to me in God's aspect is that He calls on many people. He calls on many, many, many people, but not everybody is chosen to do God's will. Everybody's called to do it. See. Isaiah was one of the biggest ones that was called to do the Lord's work. Isaiah states in Isaiah 6, verse 8, And I heard the voice of the the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Why, Isaiah was so eager to be there for God, to please him, He, you know He God was his, God is his friend, you know, he was like I love God, he's my you know, he's my savior, he's everything to me and so many people do not they humble themselves before God, but they put themselves above other people and it takes a very strong person to try to unite other people, and try to be there for other people, and try to encourage them to do the right thing. A big uh, aspect of Jesus was he was very loving, he was very compassionate, and he was even though he had the right to judge every single person he could see by any multitude of sins that they committed because he didn't commit a sin he was perfect in every way he was the only one to bear no sins so our sins would be laid upon him the reason why is that when you have somebody like Jesus and you're trying to represent him and you're trying to be like him, it is so hard because our emotions are so strong that they get in the way, and even jesus at some at one point was so afraid that because he did not want to be. He even asked that if his death could be prevented. He, you know, take this cup away from me when he was praying at the garden. And that's one of the thing that a lot of people need to understand is that God says no at times. God will say no a lot of the times. No is a very big part of his vocabulary. But it's not a no to make you feel bad. It's a no because he knows what needs to be done. In John 15 uh, 15, verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that... who whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So Jesus literally explains, I am choosing you guys to go spread to everybody everything that's been happening. This is in the book of John. And he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, in my name, He may give it to you. May give it to you. So, there's points in time where we are going to struggle. We are going to look in society. We're going to see things that we don't like. We're going to see things that we don't agree with. We're going to see things that are unbiblical and unjust and just not in the nature of God. But that is where we say no. We say no to those temptations. We say no to those desires. Because God has called us upon this manner. And in this calling, we're supposed to be the light in this world. We're supposed to be the light in the darkness, because as Christians, Jesus is looking over us. God is looking over us, and if we can spark a little bit of light into a person that is in the darkest hole, they can find their way out when people go into caves and they get lost a lot of times what they do is they will light a match or a lighter and they will see where the wind is blowing the flame and that wind will be the guiding grace to them to show them where they need to go imagine that wind being God calling you that wind is saying, "Come this way. Let me set you free." In First Corinthians one, uh, one verse twenty-six through twenty-seven, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. What does that mean? It is a very beautiful sentiment that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. For consider your calling, brothers. So God's calling you to do a service for him. Not many of you were wise. So he's saying not all of you were smart because you were in worldly standards. You lived by the world. You didn't live by the word, but by the world. Not many were powerful. So the people that you're that are coming up to help people are not strong. They're not, you know. Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're not Rambo. They're people that are coming out and they're just normal people trying to help. Not many were of noble birth. So that means not many were of high status, not many had a lot of wealth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. So, the foolish things in this world is what the smart people will come to realize is their shame. We have the Ten Commandments that we abide by, and that's obvious truth. Jesus always said, I didn't come to destroy the law, I came to fulfill it. And when we act against the laws that are written on our hearts, we are committing a sin. And that sin will continue to grow. When those sins are growing, we're showing that we're being foolish, that we're going against God. And God knows I have sinned many times. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Now, I want you guys to think about right now. We live in a world where governments are flexing their muscles. They're being strong. So, who's the weak ones in the matter? Well, the people are technically stronger than the government because we have more multitudes of people. But the government has armed forces, they have better, you know, technology, things like that, that can overpower us. So we're at their mercy. However, it states in Corinthians, God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. All we got to do is unite together. And we won't have to worry about the strong people. Because they're going to be shamed by their own merit. Words of God will always take place. Now when, I, when they say few are chosen. Now again this is also a mislike interpretation of what the actual thing is saying. But it's being what's revealed to me. The chosen people were like, to me, the prophets. The people that came in, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Elijah. Elijah was one of the most prominent ones, and he would go in. And one guy, we don't know much about him. He just kind of came out of nowhere in the Bible, you know, in the Book of Kings. And even armies that were going to go... He would just say simple words If I'm a man of God You know d- Destroy them And next thing you know f- These fireballs come down from the sky And the armies are wiped away Jeremiah twenty nine eleven states For I know the plans I have for you Declares the Lord Plans for welfare And not for evil To give you a future And a hope Now, Jeremiah, a lot of people will look in the Bible and they're saying these verses are specific to these prophets or these verses. The thing is, is that the Bible is written in a way that he's speaking to one person with a lesson to all people. You have to understand that the Bible is not written just in a singular, but also as a plural, because the way it is deciphered, the way people read it, is that it's a lesson that we will all learn for I have for for I know the plans I have for you, God has a calling for each and every one of us each and every one of us is has a calling that we will need to abide by and a calling that we will need to fulfill declares the Lord, but the plans for welfare uh plans for welfare and not for evil. God doesn't want us to commit any sins. He states that throughout the entire Bible. He gives us commandments to follow. He gives us prophets to veer us in the right way. And then Jesus, uh, the coming of Jesus or Yeshua and uh, Paul um, give us more lessons. Even in the book of Acts, which is one of the most powerful books, Of how we should be living our lives. Um, He's saying, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Our future is with God. Our hope is that we will be there with God. Now, why is that a hope? Because none of us deserve to be in heaven. Not even me. You know, and I'm a minister, so. No, not even me. I don't deserve to be in heaven. But if God grants me that mercy and that that pleasure of being with Him, dining at His table and seeing all my friends and family, and I'm there because I'm saved, and I'm there because I'm baptized, and I'm there because I try to do the Lord's work every week, regardless of whatever is set before me, I... Have full faith that God will Direct me in the right way And in the right passions And if he grants me that opportunity To be with him Then That future and that hope Will be fulfilled Just like he explained in Jeremiah Romans 8.28 And we know that for those who love God all things work together for good and for those who are called accordingly to uh, who are called according to his purpose so if we're being called to do God's work in his purpose we need to understand we need to understand that we need to do it in the right manner. We need to be. We need to follow his laws. We need to follow his commandments. We need to follow everything that God wills us to do. So now when we go in, and as we live our life, and we know what we need to do, and now why do you wait, rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name, we will call on Jesus' name and he will choose us. Because he loves us. And that is what the whole purpose of the gospel was about. His passion for people. 1 Peter 3 verse 9 says, Do not repay evil for evil for revi- or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless for those who... For to this you were called, and that you may obtain a blessing. When people are being hostile toward you, when people are being judgmental, when people are invoking so many different things, and they're being intolerant, and they just wanted to try to destroy the Christian message, the message that God gave us, the, the purpose of us living, what does that tell us? It tells us that the intolerance of man is trying to push out God. And this has happened throughout the Bible numerous times. God knew this was going to happen. God prophesized all this stuff. This is why they prophesied the coming Messiah. This is why they prophesied everything where in Zechariah where the Jews and the Gentiles will be sitting at the same table and that the Gentiles will be seeking the Jewish God. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts 1 verse 8. Now I'm going to tell you right now, this book, written over 2,000 years ago, is telling us that his witnesses and everything that he stood for, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the Son of God, is going to spread like wildfire going through the whole entire world, to the ends of the earth, and that everybody will know about him. If this one guy that was one crucified too, ridiculed and dismissed by the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, that people would mock in disbelief of what he could do. But he's telling us that when the Holy Spirit comes, everybody will know through all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, all of Samaria, and the end of the earth. So we look at look at today, you know, you're talking about the like the cradle of civilization, so you know, the Samaria, the Mesopotamian area. We're looking at um you know, Israel and the Canaanite area that became, you know, uh Judah. Uh, we're looking at Africa. We're looking at um you know, Europe, we look at Asia, and now we're looking at the Americas, and it spread throughout the entire world. If any of this was false, then this wouldn't have been true. There'd be no place that would really, you know know about this. Now, as the voice of the martyrs go, which is a ministry that um, I'm uh, actively supporting, they show us on a map where persecuted Christians are and where Christianity's not allowed to live or allowed to be established. However, here's the beautiful thing about Christianity, is that it's still there the voice of the martyrs are people that go into these areas and they find the martyrs. They find the people that are being in prison. They've tried to find them. They try to tell their story to everybody so people will know that there's people still willing to shed their blood for Jesus and for God and for everything. Because, like it said in Psalms 50.15, and call upon me on, in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. These people. They're being delivered. Because they have a calling. To do what they are doing. And they're being chosen. To be the martyrs for this. And they are calling upon them. God in this day of trouble. And in God's time. In God's time. He will deliver them. And at that point when they are delivered, they will be glorifying God endlessly and continuously. In 1 Corinthians 8 verse 3 it says, But if anybody loves God, he is known by God. So each and every one of you listening and tuning into this, I might not have the biggest following around, I might not be the most well-liked or the most well-versed or anything like that. There's some people that don't agree with my teachings or my philosophies on Christianity. But what I will say, though, is that the people that do listen, and the people, regardless whether they agree or disagree, I know that they're tuning in because they love God. They love God. And they're tuning in because they want to express and understand and love God and unite and worship and be there with Him. And there's very few people, even pastors today, that lack the passion and lack the courtesy to really bring people into God. And that's what I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to make you all open up your Bibles and read at night. Read during the day. Just be with God, you know, and try to unite Him. Hear His voice and hear what He says and hear how He's trying to deliver you in specific ways. Hear that call. Hear His calling and then get up and move out. And when you move out, you do whatever He's calling. Maybe He's choosing you specifically to enact something. Maybe he's choosing you to show you something and lead somebody in another part of their life so they can grow and they can hear the calling, and they can be chosen to move and affect other people. Many are called, and fewer are chosen, but even fewer choose to hear the calling. But I know if anybody loves God, he is known by God. And God knows you. God knows what you all are doing right now. That you're all sitting here listening to the podcast. Whether you're driving to work. Whether you're at the gym running you know, a 5K marathon. Whether you're fishing or at work on your break and just trying to listen to something to try to motivate you whether you're you know sitting at a Starbucks and you're you know typing away being an author or you're just tuning into a podcast before you start to play a video game or watch a movie or waiting till your friends come over whatever it is Whatever led you to this podcast, whatever led you here, whatever called you to this podcast, this is me telling you that God is telling me to tell you that you need to open your Bibles. You need to start reading the Word of God so you can know God even more than He knows you. God chose what is low and despised in the world even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God This is where a lot of people this is in Corinthians 1 Corinthians 128 to 29 God chose what is low and despised in in this world. Even things that are not. So this is where it's coming from. God chose what is low and despised in this world. Even things that are not. To bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. That means no matter where you are. Whether you're low and hungry and homeless, or if you're depressed or you're, you feel like you're despised in this world. Even things that are not into this matter that are despised in this world. And I could go on to a million different topics right now that are being you know greatly secluded into this matter. But things that go against what a lot of Christians believe. To bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And that is where I am leading us to go. I see too many Christians boasting. Too many Christians with pride. Too many Christians with going through all this stuff... Thinking that they're superior beings... That they're people... That they're sinless... That they're this... That because they are saved by the grace of God... That they can go out and do whatever they want... They can sin as much as they want... They can fight and argue and complain... And do whatever they want... This is not what it's about... It's about renewing yourself... It's about being... As close to Jesus as you possibly can. It's about knowing God. Having a relationship with Him. Being His friend. Being His brother. Being His family. You know? It's about trying to tell God that... God, you are my spiritual father. You are the one who brought me here. You are the one who gave me life. You are the one who is speaking to me. The one who is calling me to do your will. Now, choose me to do something. I need to know what you want me to do. A lot of times, preachers and pastors and priests and popes and everybody... They have such a superiority that they don't humble themselves before God anymore. They're, they feel that they're above everybody else because they're the ones giving the lesson. And I'm going to tell you a lot of times, it's certain people that will give you a lesson, they'll give a lesson to the pastor. So, now that we're coming to the end of this sermon, I want you guys to all think, have you guys ever had a calling? Have you guys ever just sat and prayed and heard a voice in the back of your head that said, I want you to go to a homeless person and give them a bible I want you to try to talk to somebody today and tell them about God I want you to bless another person the best way you can and ask yourself how often you listen to that voice how often do you listen to God How often do you boast about being a Christian? How often do you pride yourself about being above another person because you have God on your side? Satan had God on his side at one point. But what happens? Pride goeth before the fall. And when... You have pride That will lead you to fall into a deeper depth Don't be prideful Don't be sinful Live for the Lord And let him shelter in you So for your homework tonight Please open your Bible and start reading Start knowing the Word of God instead of just listening to people talk about it. See what lessons it'll teach you and see what God will reveal in this book to you. A lot of people will read the Bible figuratively, like the way it's like written. And then other people can read it and take so many different messages out of one verse... They read one verse and they're like, it could mean this, 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 or this. Could mean all of them. It's how God is trying to relate to you. He's trying to speak to you in a specific manner. It's one great difference between different books. like the quran and again i do i'm not dismissing anybody that is muslim that is listening to this but when i re- when i started reading the quran it sounded more like a story that's trying to correct itself than actual like messages that God could deliver to a person and that person deliver to the world, you know, in all that matter, I want the people that are new here if you're here and you're ready to accept Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach. Al- As your Lord and Savior, I would like you to go listen to the sinner's prayer, recite it, renew God in your heart. And if you have a church nearby, I would urge you to go and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and the Father and of the Holy Spirit. God is always there for you. He's always watching, and He's always caring. This was my calling to do something for the Lord. And now I'm passing my torch to all of you that are listening, and I want you all to take up that torch And I want you to heed your own call. Listen to what God wants to say. And then when you hear that, when you understand what God wants you to do, you don't hesitate. You try to find what exactly you need to do it, and you do it. You make it happen. You work it. And... Together we can try to reshape the world in God's image Better than it is today Unfortunately God has a plan for this world But the only thing that we can do in this world right now Is do our best to make the world a better place So God bless you all I hope you all have a great weekend And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on um, Twitter. It's at Minister Martyr on Twitter. Uh, You can email me any questions, concerns, prayer requests, anything you guys wish. MinisterMartyr at gmail.com. And uh, I also have a website that you guys can check out. I will have blog posts and different kind of uh, lessons and stuff that you guys can learn. Um, the uh, exploration and um, where uh, Noah and his sons kind of separated and where they occupied. Uh, I have uh, things about our DNA and how um, God has His signature in our DNA. Lots of interesting stuff. So from there. I wish you all a great weekend. God bless you all.